Welcome back to another episode of Scott's Take Shots with your three favorite hosts, Tommy Cannon, Eric Rohde, and myself, Cam Lee. Super excited today about the episode we got planned. Um, Going to kind of get into some real stuff, but let's get back into the normal swing of things first. Mr. Eric Rohde back on from Colorado. Great to see you back, big fella. What you drinking tonight? I've got a little... Kirkland tequila for the initial shot, and then a classic Oberon for the rest of the episode. Michigan made Oberon is the greatest thing in the world. There's no question. Mr. Tommy Cannon, good to see you as always. What you got planned today? What you got? Hi. I got Malibu rum. Malibu. We all know what Malibu is. Um, back to high noons. Back to the high nooners. Yes, sir. If- if I finish that, water, because I don't feel like drinking a lot. Same boat. Fourth of July weekend just passed. I hope everyone that's listening to this had a great Fourth of July, uh, spending time with fa- friends, family, uh, kind of just celebrating and hopefully being on a lake or a boat or in a pool because I didn't do any of that, and it was hot and muggy as shit, and I contemplated hating my life for a minute. hope everyone has their fingers. That's important. Fireworks are dangerous. Always a reminder. Should have said that last week. I didn't. Um, <clears throat> no, so kind of a crazy, crazy weekend, crazy life. Did you guys do anything insane? Do anything just stand out? I wouldn't say insane, but had the annual roadie family and friends house party for the fourth. And it was a good time. I mean, I had both my brothers in the same place with me for the first time in like a year and a half. So that was pretty cool. Oh, wow. Um, Saw my nephew again for just the second time of his life. So that was neat. Um, Yeah, no, it was pretty chill. Uh, It was just a good time. That's good, dude. That's good. TC, you do anything fun? Not particularly. I was with uh, my girlfriend's family on the or in Crystal in crystal michigan we went up to a lake up there is it called crystal lake i think so i don't know um but put one and two together yeah her parents have a spot there and um it's beautiful and we got to see a lot of her family my parents were able to come up and i got to call my nephew who's in texas so i got to see a good chunk of the family Hey, dude, that's always good. I tried to golf hungover on the fourth and uh, I played a great first hole. Great first hole. Good tee shot. Got on the green, then three putted on the green. So that's great. Second shot. I went the wrong way on the back nine. Second hole. I kind of jacked everything up and I literally packed up my shit and I went home because I suck. So kind of gave up on the day. You went home? I literally like. I don't, I don't have a golf cart there, so I just use a push cart. And it, the, the back nine, the way the back nine plays is you, you hit the, off your ten, the tenth hole, you go into the, the kind of the woods, and then you come back around towards the clubhouse for 11. And I literally finished the hole, and I just, like, grabbed my bag and walked back to my car. I was like, yeah, I'm done for the day. I'm over this shit. And then I took a three-hour nap because I was so hungover. Golf is hard, buddy. It's okay golf hung over is hard all right that's that's what really really kind of hurt me was just the fact that uh, Cam Lee's cut back on his drinking 
you heard it here first. I'm cutting back. I got one more wedding to go to. We'll have a good time there. I'll watch myself there. And then I might, I might take a dry run. I might take a break. I'm going to try to take a break. I got to clean out the fridge first, but we'll get there. Underrated. Underrated. I think it, I think it's good. It's like smokers that take a smoke break, like a TH break guys that stop smoking weed for a while. They say they feel better while they do it. It sucks, but do what you got to do. Cleanse your system. You start. Why do we get back on it if they like it while they're off? Oh, it's just a break to like, so it's like anything, right? If you drink so much constantly, you become an expensive drinker. Similar to smoking, you smoke so much from what I've heard, from what I've heard, not from, I don't smoke. So it, you, you cut back and then the, the effects go quicker, right? So that's, that's kind of how that works, you know? Just is what it is what it is. It's it's difficult. It's hard. I'm just tired of being an expensive drunk. So let's take the shot real quick because I kind of missed that part. Cheers to you. Cheers to me. Cheers to the girls at Kisses Where We Pee. Wow. There's another one that I learned at a wedding, and it was even <laughs> it was even worse. <laughs> not the it's not the worst I've heard from you. No, pro- and probably not the worst is this episode or this this whole season we've done so far is heard but this guy at this wedding comes up to me the wedding that i stood in a couple weeks ago comes up to me and he goes i got one for you i said oh yeah no lay it on me he goes here's the gunpowder and a female body part i'm gonna actually censor myself a little bit today love the live by one die by the other Love the smell of both of them. And then you take your shot. And I was just like, holy shit, bro. I was like, I'm not ready for this kind of knowledge. Like, I am not at that level of life. (laughs) Oh, man. So we were talking about this before we started recording. The new season of Dave. Lil Dicky. Um, If you don't know what it is, it's pretty much... It's a comedy show. First season was hilarious. Uh, had some serious points in it. Had some really, really funny parts in it. And now the second season's out. And it is taking me. I'm not going to spoil anything for anyone listening. But, like, holy shit. Every episode gets you in your feelings. And it messes me up, bro. Messes me up. TC, have you seen it? No. No? Have you seen the first season? I've seen the first episode of the first season. Bro. Bro, I'm not, I'm proud of my decisions. It's like people who say they haven't watched Game of Thrones at least once. Brody, <laughs> hold on. I, now, like, tell me a TV show that you've seen that you think everyone should see. Then How I Met Your Mother. Everyone's seen that show. I've watched that one multiple times. Good Criminal Minds. Everyone loves. Uh, New Girl is good and funny as shit. I was told to watch New Girl the other. I've never watched New Girl. See. I don't hear. I don't think New Girl needs to be watched, but it's good. If, Tommy, <laughs> it's good. Try to waste some time. Like it's pretty good. Um, shit, I don't know, man. New Girl, I've man. Many, I've seen too many like crime shows, like some of the CSI, some of the Bones, like all that kind of shit. Um, yeah. I watched CSI with my mom growing up. 
and that used to give me nightmares sometimes. Like there was one season where they had this one repetitive serial killer, the one that used to make like the diagrams and ship it to the CSI facility. Yeah. Always, always jacked me up because that episode creeped me out. Everything was replicated perfect, like the murder and even the littlest details. Like mm-hmm. it's a psychopath, not you know. That, that's what I had. I had an ish, issue with Criminal Minds because I was like, eh, like this is all plausible. <laughs> this this can happen. Like somebody puts two and two together, they can do this, and that freaked me out. I felt they were just giving out playbooks. <laughs> like, <laughs> here you go. <laughs> Oh, this guy supposed to get caught. This is that guy. You guys have all watched Brooklyn Nine Nine, right? That's a parts. That's good. At parts, there's one episode where he stays to try to get this guy proven guilty, and Captain Holt stays too. And so the way to like make him confess is he like, "You did this and this," and he goes, "No, you're all wrong." And he goes, "Well, you're stupid enough to do this." And eventually, the guy breaks down. And he's like. No, I used a polyurethane. I stabbed the guy. And then right now it's in someone's mouth, son. And I was like, in my head, I'm like, that is a hell of a murder plot. Like, like killing someone with a, a, a icicle. Mm. Can't find the murder weapon if it melts. Yeah. Yeah, but you're definitely right. Oh my God. I never really thought about like my mind's actually kind of blown right now. Like, that show literally gives out playbooks on how to be a quality murderer. I mean, they all get caught at the end of it. They get caught at the end of it. Who cares? But like, (laughs) who cares if they get caught? (laughs) You're telling me it took five people to catch this motherfucker. That's a problem. (laughs) You had to kill five before like, ah, ah. Grissom got him. It's cool. It's all good. No. He killed two more people, but hey, hey, we got him. We got one. He's three to one right now, but we got him. <laughs> God, man. I like the ones that have, like, no motive. Like, hey, we found a dead guy in the subway station. What happened to him? Stabbed in the neck. Any MO? MO? Nope. Not a single one. Guy just likes having fun. <laughs> I don't know. It's fucked up. That's real fucked up. I'm, I apologize for my comments. Take that back. And people are still shooting off fireworks outside my damn house. Scared the shit out of me. You guys, I mean, like, Rody, I know you have a cat at your crib right now. There are sh- two cats at my current location, and I hate them both. I just want to fireworks. I don't give a shit if they're scared of fireworks. I don't like them. So. <laughs> Headline, roadie, fuck cats. <laughs> pretty much. No, I have no idea. I mean, we did we did a pretty decent show last night, and I have no idea how they reacted. We were also a couple hundred yards from the house. Yeah. In like the back subdivision. So, I don't know. Worst case scenario, they probably just ran downstairs and hid under something. But I know Tommy's got some pups. I'm sure they were freaking out last night. Yeah, my dog has super bad anxiety. Super bad anxiety. Um, with my pups, it was kind of scary. Like we were, so I said we were at the lake and we, um, there are a ton of fireworks at the lake, but, um, my girlfriend's dad let off a firework in the backyard while I was trying to walk the dog to the car. 
I literally saw my whole dog's future pass before her eyes because she, like, her collar yeah. up around her mouth. Like, that's how far she tried to sneak out of it. And it was going, and there was like two or three that went off above our head. And she was freaking out. And I was like, this is awful. I was watching, uh, obviously, day after 4th of July. There's always some good, <clears throat> good videos on social media of um, just some of the crazy shit that goes down and one of my favorites which i i'm just gonna fair warning do not do anything i say do not get any ideas from what i say this is the disclaimer can't don't sue the our podcast for we're three broke kids don't do it um this guy hopped on a scooter they taped a helmet they put a helmet on his head and on the top of the helmet, they taped one of those like 12 shooters on top of his helmet. So he's riding on the scooter down the road. It's just pew, pew, pew. I'm just like, what the fuck is this? Like innovative ways to get fucked up 101, you know? I saw a firework named Back It Up, Terry. I saw that too. And every 4th of July when that video comes out, I, I can't stop laughing. Like, I think that's like one of the top 10 all time videos on the internet. Everyone was safe as far as I'm, as I know from that. So, yeah, he didn't get hurt. I mean, he's lucky it wasn't anything bad. Have you guys ever had like a mortar explode on uh, your, like in the tube? Yeah, we've had some close calls. Um, like, my parents love hosting shit. So, we've been doing this Fourth of July party essentially my entire life and my dad likes to go nuts with fireworks so um there have been a few times like before we moved to like the space in the back subdivision where it was like an open lot essentially yeah um, we would have it in like the backyard a couple hundred feet from the house and there were a few moments where those fuckers didn't go up they just exploded on the ground and we thought something was going to come at the house honestly the the worst one i had was like my junior year of high school uh, young cam thought it was a great idea this is also the first time i got drunk in front of my parents my dad specifically um shout out to russ so pretty much uh i bought a big like mortar set i was like this is gonna be fun as hell like i bought it from phantom fireworks it's where we always go and uh i was drinking vodka that night <laughs> and we put a mortar in there we lit it and we backed up about five, 10 seconds, we're expecting to pew. And we're like, what the fuck? And we're standing maybe 15 feet away from this thing. These were like high grade mortars and just bam, blew the tube up into shrapnels. My ears were ringing. Like if you've ever seen Saving Private Ryan, that first little clip in that movie where it's like ringing and you see that one guy with his arm picking it up and walking away. I felt like that. No one was hurt, thank God. But like the ringing, I had a little bit of a burn. I was like, damn, destroyed the tube completely. So we couldn't use the rest of the mortars. So what Russ did was he drilled like a hole in the bottom of them and emptied like the, the powder out of it. And then we took care of it. But I said, we should put it in the fire pit, but he said, no, that's a bad idea. Terrible idea. You want to drown too, huh? Damn, baby. <laughs> I, I don't know. I like fire and I like explosives. Like, I think it's so cool. They're dangerous. So damn cool. I don't know. That's just me. I had, 
I had one where we were sitting on a hill and watching the fireworks and the fire and the wind changed. Oh. Um, so the, the, the embers were coming back towards us instead of flying out. And we, they weren't like the hill was obviously going up a little bit, but where the fireworks were being launched was down the hill. So those fire, those embers are still burn a little bit. They started like sizzling our skin. Yep. And stuff. Like, this is awful. No, it's definitely not fun uh, getting burnt by fireworks. I personally, my least favorite firework of all time, sparklers. I think they're fucking stupid. <laughs> I always burn myself on them too. Like I don't have good luck with them. So it's just like, I don't know if it's luck. <laughs> I grab the wrong end sometimes. Okay. Like I'm, I've never said, and I've never claimed to be the brightest person. You're so pretty. I'm not even that. Thanks though. I'm not that. I just, no, I always have bad luck with sparklers. Well, if you hold on to them too long, exactly. Googly eyed at the fire or the Ooh. hot, the heat, you're like, Ooh, ah. pretty ow. Like, I'd rather throw M80s or play Harry Potter with Roman candles. Like, that's fair. There was a, that was, that was a fun game in high school. I was never that reckless <laughs> with the sparklers, though. My mom captured like one of the most, like, I don't know if it's here. It's not the most embarrassing picture of me, but it's not a good picture. I was like seven years old and she gave me a sparkler and I'm like holding it as far away. Far as away from, like, like grimacing, like, oh my God, this is the worst thing ever. And so every 4th of July, she like tries to buy more sparklers and have me recreate that photo. You should. Like, Lori, I'm just sick of it at this point. It's been like 15 years. I'm good. Kids do the cutest things and recreating those photos is hilarious. Like <laughs> when uh, dad and my little brothers came up to see me, Spencer Logan came up or came down to Arkansas. Uh, there's a photo of us when we were younger. I was like maybe 12. Spencer was seven. Logan was a baby. And it's like a photo of Logan sitting on my lap and Spencer behind us laying down. And my dad's like, can we recreate this photo in front of your fireplace? And I'm like, Mind you, Logan is like damn near 6'1 now. Spencer's bigger now. I'm bigger now. So it's just like three gigantic men trying to recreate this photo, which is a <laughs> terrible idea. And then, of course, Russ posted it on Facebook. But like kids do the darndest things. Like I think who had that show? Bill Cosby? Was that Bill Cosby? I know that's a rough topic in itself right now, but like was that he was the one that did kids do the darndest things? No idea. Well, pretty much what I'm getting at in this story is my seven year or he's nine right now. I believe he was five or six when he did this. SpongeBob is a big thing in the child's life. Everyone loves SpongeBob. Krabby Patties, the chum bucket, bikini bottom. That's where it's at. Um <clears throat> he thought, or no, this was Spencer. Grayson did another thing. Spencer, Spencer did this. He tried to draw the chum bucket at school. It's not hard. It's an upside down pail, pretty much. Had it upside down. And he wrote cum bucket instead of chum bucket. And I swear to God, my stepmom still has it. And it was at his open house when he graduated high school. Now, Grayson, on the other hand, did one that he was trying to put a note up because he's the drama queen out of all of us. Tried to write, do not come in here. 
yeah, you can see where this is going. It says, don't come in her. And I think it's the funniest fucking thing because, like, the kid's not wrong either way, but a six-year-old shouldn't be writing come yeah it just kids are adorable kids are priceless so let's let's crack into this this big topic um i wanted to save a lot of the time on this episode literally to talk about this because i think it's so important and actually you know kind of one of the more serious topics we'll probably do on this this ever i'm going to try to cut back on using the word podcast though but probably the the, the word that will or this will be like the most serious topic we'll cover. Uh, that's obviously we don't touch politics. We're not about that here. Um, I kind of want to give a trigger warning or just kind of a heads up uh, for all our listeners. Obviously, if you ever have any thoughts of self-harm, suicide, anything like that, um, obviously, please call the National Suicide Hotline. Eight, one, or it's 1-800-273-8255. Um, you know, your life matters. You're important. You mean a lot to this world. Um, it's kind of just rolling into our, our topic, which is mental health um, and kind of the severity of it with men specifically. I know we have a lot of listeners that are male and female. Uh, we kind of wanted to touch it from the men's aspect of why mental health isn't really touched on as a man and kind of stereotypes and things like that. Um, so now that we got that little trigger warning out of the way, let, let's kind of dive into this. Um and the first question is why do men not talk about mental health? So I kind of leave the floor to you two before I get my two cents, but why is mental health not touched between men? You know, women talk about it all the time, but men don't. Why? We're not taught to. Elaborate, please. We are not taught to as boys. We're not, it's not something not necessarily something that girls do but they are taught to not be afraid of their feelings as they come in um boys tend to be taught that there is i guess nobility in masking it um there's it's something it's good that you're able to shut off your inside world and still be able to function and provide for whoever you need to provide for. Yeah. Eric. Yeah. I mean, along those same lines, it's like, there's the stigma that like you can't be masculine while talking about your feelings or you can, or like you are viewed as weak if you don't handle things on your own, which is entirely false because like everyone needs someone to lean on. Everyone needs some sort of release in my opinion um like keeping things bottled up and like there's the the balloon analogy where it's like if you keep filling the balloon inside of you it's gonna explode at some point and it's just kind of a ticking clock at that point you know so um i don't know it's just uh i think uh just the stigma the view that men are supposed to be a certain way and it's not true and i think a lot of men struggle to to reach the mental state of it being like oh i can talk about these things and i i can have feelings and i can express them to feel better yeah no i i definitely agree i think and i think it almost stems back to like our grand like i think at our age like we're all about 25 26 
our grandparents who grew up in, you know, the fifties, the forties, even maybe older than that, the thirties and twenties. I think that stigma of being that tough, manly man, you know what I'm saying? That just supports the household, does everything right. uh, And just doesn't cry. Right. That's like men don't cry is one of the biggest bullshit things that I've ever heard whether you want to admit it or not. Now, once you admit it, you feel a lot better about yourself. Honestly. I mean, but I'm going to throw some facts out to you real quick. I'm on the uh, national Alliance on mental health page. This obviously doesn't touch men. This is the entire U S population, but I think some of the things that I saw in here today, when I was just doing some research and really thinking about it, one in five U S adults experience some sort of mental illness each year, one in five, one in 20 experience a serious mental illness. Now I don't know what they clarify as serious and not, but one in six U S youth age six to 17 experience a mental health disorder each year. 50% of all lifetime mental illness begins by age 14 and suicide is the second leading cause of death for people age 10 to 34 which is just a mind blowing stat to me. Like, I don't know what number one is, but like. Just oh. that, that age range, the fact that it starts at 10, 10 horrible. And I, I think one problem in society and I like, once again, I, I'm going to be vulnerable about this. I think one thing about this podcast is we're always real about us as people. Uh, so I'm going to be a little vulnerable, right? I think one big issue is divorce and childhood homes. I think it has a huge aspect to like what goes on with mental health and mental, you know, you know, depression, things like that. Um, and you're starting to see, I think it's like Tommy and I talked about this. I think you were there, Rody. 50% of marriages fail nowadays. I think it's a whopping 50. So just an absolute mind blowing number. And then of course, it, when you throw in this at like 3.8 of us adults experience a, a co-occurring substance use problem to help try to cope with disorder. Like that number at 3.8, you're like, oh, that's not a lot. That's almost 10 million people in the United States. I just, mental health, I think is just sometimes not taken seriously in the US. Like I've gone to therapy myself. Therapy is a great thing. I highly recommend anyone listening to this reach out like some most companies like most work jobs have some sort of therapy program i know mine does yeah a lot of uh insurance companies cover it too like i i just started therapy a month ago and uh like my insurance covered it entirely and it falls under like the telemedicine like category now because obviously no one's going in to have these conversations but um it's still covered nonetheless. And it's like very minimal cost, if anything, you know? I mean, I mean, go ahead, Tommy. You're going to say something. Cut you I was just saying, um, even if you don't feel like you need it, we, I don't know how much you can hear my dogs in the background, but um, I don't know. Even if you don't think you need it, I, everybody can benefit from it. Went, I went through a little bit of it in college. And now they're fireworks outside, so they're barking. Um, but I went to a little bit in college, and it's useful for anyone at any point. I really think that balloon analogy you used, Eric, was perfect. I mean, like, it, it really is. It just adds up. And, like, I'm thankful I have a good support system and I have a good group of friends, right? 
that's one thing that's really helpful. Like, Hey man, I'm like, I, I snapped you the other day. Like, Hey, I'm just having a shit day. My head's not right. What's going on. I don't know. Honestly, I woke up, I saw something made me depressed and just like ruined my day. Mm-hmm. And, like having a good support system, having friends that are always there for you. Um, you know, multiple, I've had some multiple encounters that I had some serious conversations with people that I never thought I'd have in my life, especially with those people. But like taking nights away from people, like just some crazy shit that I never thought I'd experience. But I think that the problem ultimately underlines is just talk about it with someone, please. Like I've seen too many cases of people going, oh, this person was so nice and they were so cool. And they, they ultimately did something where now they're either really hurt or they're not, you know, here anymore. Um, and if, um, honestly, if you don't have someone to talk to, a very simple task that my therapist told me to do a couple of weeks ago is just like, when you feel overwhelmed, when you, like here, my main purpose for going to therapy was I realized that I was overthinking everything and just getting anxious about nothing and just like freaking myself out. Um, and so she told me, start writing things down, like just the physical act of getting it out of you, I think is, it's kind of weird to think of it as like a physical act. Cause like you can speak about it and it's in theory out of your head and whatever. But personally I was living alone in Chicago at the time. So I could talk and talk and talk and I'm just like by myself and it just keeps spiraling. So in that situation, it was more beneficial to just write it down. And then it was like, okay, those thoughts had a place to go that was not internal. Yeah. Journaling is an excellent way. To, and one thing I like about journaling is, and this is obviously up to the person's discretion, but if you ever feel that way again, when you journal, you can go back to that, that page that you wrote how you felt and you can really understand yourself and like, okay, here's what happened. Here's what I did to recover from it. You know, it's just, it's a placeholder to remind you. Uh, yeah. Journaling's awesome. <clears throat> I went to therapy as a kid uh, after my parents got divorced the first time. And uh, I remember this therapist was super, I was like six. Like we played board games for a majority of the time. I got my ass beaten. Uno. She was, she didn't take any prisoners. She was ruthless, but I just remember talking about it. And even as a six-year-old crying at therapy, I'm a grown man now. And I still cry when I talk about some things and like, just, uh, I can't, I can't reiterate enough. Therapy is a great way to go. And then if obviously you're scared of therapy, put trust in a friend, you know, like I, I talk to you two all the time about how I'm feeling. I have to, if not, I go crazy in this house and, I have a dog. He's like my therapy pet, but like, you know, but yeah, I I think, I think mental health is just such a big thing, but like in the aspect of like grown men talking about it and talking about like depression, like 19.4 million people suffer from major depressive episodes, which can be triggered by damn near anything. And I think our, our age group and our generation alone, uh, majority of the listeners that listen to this 22 to 27, I think was the number 20 to 27, 21 to 27. This is our, our generation. And we have to deal with these mental problems that a lot of people don't know how to handle that. 
So I think it's important to touch. Yeah, I think, I don't know if, I'm not going to try to speculate too much, but like the root of the mental illness, like, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like so much bigger with our generation and with, I have a 19 year old brother. So like with him and his like generation, I guess it's not too far off from us, but um, I feel like mental health and mental illness is so much more prevalent um, due to the way we've all grown up and like the circumstances of our youth, you know? So we were kind of like us three, we were born in the late nineties we were like kind of in the middle of the whole technology thing where we we know what a freaking floppy disk is and like all that bullshit <laughs> with the typing courses in like elementary school and oh, whatever man. but we didn't have typewriters right we're not that old so um and we had like dial-up internet and all that stuff but i think with like my younger brother and his friends and that kind of stuff they've got a lot a lot f- much further advanced technology and stuff with them which allows the the whole perception thing of social media and like the duality of life like instagram versus reality kind of stuff um and how it just messes with your head as a kid like the whole amount of attention like that kids get on an individual basis will really fuck you up like if you get too much or too little like too early like it can really like have like a detrimental effect on the way you view the world afterward. It really does. I mean, I have a 20 year old brother myself, so I, I totally, I know exactly what you're talking about. And it, it's hard to watch being the older brother too. Super hard to be there. Like I, I talk to my little brother a lot and still it's hard to like over FaceTime and things like that. Like, try to walk him through some of the issues that he has to deal with. But a couple more fun facts for you here. I'm not going to, you know, run this. I just really wanted to touch it today. Um, The most prevalent conditions for adults, 21 and older, in the United States. First one is anxiety. Anxiety disorders are 19.1% of all mental health issues. 48 million people yearly. Number two is major depressive episodes, 19.4 million, 7.8%. And then third is post-traumatic stress, which is crazy to think about because when you hear PTSD, you think your mind automatically goes military, veterans. But I think a lot of people don't understand there's kind of a stigma that that's military. It can be anything. It can really be anything. Someone getting attacked, abused, it just it's a crazy world we live in it really is oh you can have that from having a bad breakup and then something that happened in that breakup might happen and just throws you right back to where you were oh yeah there's, there's no criteria for trauma you know like i feel like people think that there is and it has to be some ridiculous like almost near death experience but trauma can be anything that affects you that deeply you know yeah no i i think i I touched on it earlier like the biggest thing for me as a person growing up and like stress and kind of affected my life actually pretty heavy is just going through two divorces with my family Mm -hmm. seeing that happen obviously i have three younger brothers 
two of them are half one's full blood um like it, that affects my mental all the time because i get anxiety myself of like okay am i doing the right thing like is this the person that's going to be the love of my life and that's a whole nother book for a whole nother time and we don't need to go into that but like it, it, it really is like just the trauma that kids face and the trauma that we face that help shape us as adults. Sure. It makes us stronger in some aspects, but at the same time, at the end of the day, it still affects us and still weighs heavy on us, you know? So my question is, is that what do you think has changed if anything from, I guess our, ancestors from world war one and two and um, that time period as opposed to now or is there just more awareness of mental health because was mental health bad then or are we is it spiked because of what we're going through today as opposed to then eric you want to go first you want me to hit it looks like you have something to say so i'm ready I'm, i'm locked and loaded on this no that's a great question and i actually like out of all people that i talk to about it i talked to my grandmother about this Cause she's very like, she's about mental health, but she's still that old school fashion. I think back in that day, right. With world war one era, uh, baby boomers, um, they really don't understand that the pressure and the anxiety that we face, right. We grew up in success for the most part. Most people grew up in successful homes. They've been through shit, but at the same time, they're still, you watch your parents and your parents stayed strong for you. Um, Nowadays, with everything going on in this world, uh, prices rising on everything, cost of living, uh, college tuition, uh, jobs not changing the price of pay. We get uh, it. Hold on. Hold on. I see. I see you're ready to counter. There's a lot more pressure, I think, facing this generation, especially ours. And I think we realize that to have an outlet isn't going to war or you know anything like that i guess that sounds obscene but like really discussing the fact that mental health is important i mean you can look at it from athletics you can talk about cte and concussion and the damage to the brain you can talk about bipolarism you can talk about mood swings you can talk about these things that we're realizing are affecting our everyday lives and really trying to overcome that i guess if that kind of answers your question i think a lot of it has to do with just the times we live in Back in the day, they didn't have technology that stressed them out. And you can't okay, okay. say you can't say that you've never stressed over technology. You can't. Yeah, ab- absolutely. But what what th- the thing that I didn't really kind of rock with what you're saying was that you're like everything has gone up, and like maybe money stay the same, and we have to we have to worry about all this stuff. The math, the math isn't different. The numbers are, but the math itself really isn't that different because the price of houses were way down. So the price that you got paid at your job was way down, but it was enough to get you by. So we may be struggling with, well, we don't know if we have enough to get by. They were struggling with the same thing, just at a minuscule level, theoretically. I, I want to agree, but I want to disagree at the same time. And here's okay. why. And I'm going to use the the proverb that my grandma does. All right. So my great grandmother, God bless her soul. She lived to 106. One of the nicest people I've ever met. One of the most intelligent people I've ever met. My grandmother always asked me the same question. So I'm going to loop the story. Just hold on to your seatbelt. Anytime I talk to my grandmother, she asked me three things. How are you? I'm good. Grandma, thanks. 
Do you have a girlfriend yet? No. When are you going to give me grandkids? And I go, why do you always ask that? And she goes, I want a great granddaughter. And she goes, you're 25, almost 26. Like you should be having a family. She goes back when your great grandmother was alive. She was 18. She had two kids and she had a house and she graduated college. Tell me one person that can do that in our age. Tell me one person that doesn't have that. Like, I feel like the bar was set so high back in that time. I really think that you say that it infl- inflated properly. I'm going to argue that. I don't think things, money and everything inflated properly compared to that. And I just think there's a different level to it. I can I see what you're saying, but there's also like life expectancy and uh, increases in knowledge about health. So we increased our life expectancy. So the need to be, to get our stuff done, have a family, reproduce, have grandkids, wasn't needed to, it's not needed to be done by 55 or 45 at this point. We can afford to live like my parents had me at 40. That's, that's not really usual for our time period, but that's not the worst thing in the world because people are expected to live a lot longer. So you don't necessarily need to hurry up in everything now. You're right. You're right. I, I see where you're going with that. There's still health issues that come with having kids after 40. It's mm-hmm. been proven once again, like medical science. It was, it was come a, a long way. We've come a long way. Geriatric pregnancy for my mother, for sure. Like, back in the day if a woman was going crazy they gave her cocaine like you know obviously our medical field is no it's just it's just a medical fact all right we used to give some crazy shit out to people and now we're here and we're doing a great job with everyone's life they're like oh hey it's bad for you um i'm trying to get a little giggle out of this all right like i know this is a serious topic but i like breaking some of the ice um i i hear what you're saying i think one problem though is that we we live in a generation where we're kind of almost feel pressured we talked about this in earlier the relationship episode we feel pressured to date younger we feel pressured to get married younger you know and if you don't you're you're almost classified as a a loner in a way you're an outlier you're an outlier for sure yeah i mean i'm standing in weddings now with my friends and i'm like what the fuck am i doing right you have that second guess and that, that has a toll on your your mental as well um I don't know. I just, I feel like the generation and the times we live in is different than what anyone has ever gone through. You know, we're, we're going through things that no one has gone through. We went through a pandemic, you know, still going through a pandemic. I can't even say we're through with it because there's so many different strains coming out nowadays, whether you want to believe that or not, it's a whole nother story. Um, but we're going through things that a lot of people don't know what to do with. And our generation doesn't know how to handle it as well. This is our first time through it. So sure. I think there's I think there's just some mental anguish to that that really breaks you down. No Eric, you have been really quiet. I want to hear your peace of mind right now. Well, you just cut Tommy off. So Tommy, finish your Sorry, thought. Tommy. I was just going to say that no generation had to go through a world war or a depression before those generations. No generation had to go through technology and understanding it and manipulating it the way those first generations did. Yet there's a spike now. What's the difference? Yeah, I mean, I've been quiet because I've been struggling with 
the comparisons because it's it's almost not fair to compare our generation to those in to, to any others honestly um yeah. because the pressures that you mentioned are they're all different like there are pressures that we face that no one else had to face but the the gravity of those pressures has been relatively consistent for everyone in my mind you know like the pressure to get married and have kids and all that shit super early was like huge back then and it's not as big for us but we have pressures that are the same weight you know I don't know what they are off the top of my head but like the pressures may be different but there's still pressure nonetheless I've also said pressure about 58 times in the last 30 seconds so that's sick there's some Um, pressure (laughs) but yeah I don't know the the comparison's getting me um and And you're you're right I'm sorry to cut you off. You're right. It's hard to compare those two. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's hard to compare any generation because we've all been through some shit. Whether you want to, like, our, our families have gone through recessions. Our family, we've gone through a recession ourselves in 2011. Uh, we've gone through a pandemic. 2008. 2008. 2008. Sorry. Wow. I am. Oof. We've I'm gone through. Sorry. We've gone through a bunch of shit. Mm-hmm. And I think that at the end of the day, I'm actually super proud of our generation, even the generation above us. Like I have teachers that are really big mental health advocates from high school. Uh, and I think it's, it's becoming a focus in the U S because they're realizing just like that staggering number that we talked about 10 through 27, 10 through 30, 34, 34. second leading cause of death is suicide. I think that really brings everything to the forefront of like, this is a serious topic that needs to be handled from the athletic perspective. Obviously I think Aaron Hernandez brought a big, a big mental like break into it. A lot of athletes actually did um, who have, have hurt themselves and obviously aren't living anymore because of brain traumatic issues and the mental health that comes with it and the pressures and things like that. Um Last topic about mental health, and then we'll put something hot, happy onto it. Um, coping. I know we talked about therapy. Um, I guess this is more the serious side of coping uh, when it comes to why, why do you think people always go to alcohol or um, even worse, obviously drugs. Um, and I'm not talking marijuana. Marijuana is a legal drug. I support that. But I'm talking cocaine, heroin, meth. Zannies, why why do people go to that? I was I, I was just gonna start with I had a awful coping mechanism when I had to go to therapy, which was um which one was punching steering wheels. Steering wheels didn't lose, so that was a stupid one. Walls and steering wheels never lose. They're under never a wall because I thought it was smart enough. I was like, Oh, I'm not gonna do a wall, wall's gonna hurt, and all steering wheels hurt just as bad. Um uh, and then I have a Louisville slugger and I used to hit that on trees. That's, I think that's, you know, working out has always been my like biggest coping mechanism. You can't tell that by how I look, but like. That, I've, I've seen that. I, I had that one as well, but it was for me, I cut you completely off. So I'm sorry. Oh, you're fine. It was definitely exerting just, I wanted to hit something. 
that wouldn't hurt anybody or myself. Problem was the one, the last time I, the very last time I did it, I hit a tree and it bounced back and hit me in the face, which is plausible, possible. Louisville slugger and tree one, Tommy zero. Very bloody face coming in after that one day in college. It wasn't from football. <laughs> and I think one of the worst coping mechanisms that I see, and this is for not just men, this is everybody. I see it with everybody is I'm fine. I'm fine. People, you know, Hey, you all right. I'm fine. And they hold it to themselves. And that's their coping mechanism is just not to burden anybody with it or just not talk about it. They try to hold it on to themselves. I think music is a beautiful coping mechanism, listening to music and just going for a walk. Perfect. You know, go ahead. I see you have something on your tongue. It's a toothpick, but um, do you know, did you guys ever watch the Italian job? Negative. There's a quote in there that says, I'm fine. You know what fine stands for, right? He goes, yeah. He goes, freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. Yeah, there's a song I listen to called Fine, and they use the word fucked up, insecure, neurotic, emotional. Erotic or neurotic? Neurotic, neurotic, neurotic. neurotic. Now, it, there's an N in fine. There's an N. I hope it's erotic. So now That's... you're fucked up insecure erotic so you want to fuck things i just also a coping mechanism though like that is a coping mechanism fuck anything that's has a pulse i'm in complete seriousness i don't think i could have sex when i'm sad i don't think it's about the sadness like tommy said the physical exertion of like doing something and like hitting something i i think i was gonna try to like psychoanalyze Tommy's baseball bat situation and just say it's not the fact that he wanted to hit a tree it's the fact that he wanted some sort of release and that only manifested physically rather than verbally or emotionally and I also think it's about control because I felt out of control like with both of your guys' situations what Cam first of all you were a toddler having to go through your divorces and then Eric, with your um, anxiety, that is the biggest problem with um, humans who struggle with anxiety is the loss of control. So that's, I guarantee that has a huge impact on mental health. So like, if we find a way to manipulate control in any way we have, like I can control how drunk I get by how much beer I drink. I can control... How, what happens to this tree of how hard I hit it with a bat as opposed to this person saying stuff to me and I can't control that, but I, I can't control the emotions I feel from what they say to me. Yeah. Kind of, kind of sliding to my initial like question. I think a lot of people reach out and I can kind of speak to this a little bit is uh, once again, vulnerability on this episode uh alcohol man alcohol uh some narcotics get your mind off of it kind of i'm gonna say kind of because i've been i've drank before where i've literally had the worst time in my life um and i and i really think that drinking obviously doesn't help anything either it's a downer it's not an upper 
it doesn't make you feel better about yourself. It, it makes everything worse. Band-aid on a bullet hole. Yeah, doesn't do much for you, huh? That's a hell of a that's a hell of a fucking statement too. I've never heard that one. World of counseling, it's said a lot. Yeah, I I I really think that people that reach for the substance, I think they just they don't have the help that they need, and that's they just they also might not have access to it or knowledge of, that they can get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the only everybody around them that's the only way they've figured out ways to make themselves feel better so why would they try anything different i i think um yeah growing up with it's huge you're definitely right and you look at the access to care i know we talked about like our, our you know where we what we do for a living uh we have access to care um but less than half of people uh, with mental illness and history receive medical health, like mental health treatment, like medical treatment for their issues. Well, not medical, but like even a therapist, 45% receive it. So there's 55% of these people, which reach over 40 million, more than that, that just can't get access to health care for it. Yeah, after working in healthcare for two and a half years, the whole realm of health equity is in a term fucked. Like it, there are just so many issues that I am not going to get into, but like, oh, no, it, there, there, it literally time. is a rabbit hole to go down. I mean, it is insane. And, and even, even with uh, working in school system, just like, like trying to counsel kids, you communicate with their parents and their parents don't want you to counsel them, which is a, some I ran into a ton um, because the parents just are like, my kid can handle it. Yeah. I have this 11 year old crying in my office just because can't get approval. Yeah. Um, and that's, there's nothing that the kid can do about it except just deal with what their parents making them go through every day. One of the greatest things that I've ever had said to me, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to kind of sound a little cheesy, a little heartwarming, is when my stepmom got remarried, I was at her wedding. She, Me and Spencer, my young, uh, the 20-year-old, were drinking, hanging out, and my mom grabs us and says, hey, this song is for us. Like It's just going to be us three on the dance floor, no one else. She didn't tell us we were going to do this beforehand, so we're a little sauced um, celebrating. But <clears throat> should we start dancing with her and we're in like a little triangle, like hug. And she literally just whispered in our ears, I'm so proud of you boys. I'm proud of who you're becoming. I'm proud of your intelligence. I'm proud of, you know, just hit us with these lines. And just those words of affirmation broke both of me and Spencer down, broke both of us down, tears just falling. And it was one of the nicest things. And it just reiterates, like, say something nice to someone. Like the impact that one statement can have of just like, I'm so proud of you or you're doing so good or anything, you're so intelligent, that shit just changes everything for someone's lifestyle, even for a day. So you can even get, I love doing that, um, especially in college when we saw a lot of different people and you didn't know a lot of them. You don't have to know somebody to compliment them. No. And it's weird because I have said that 
walking by somebody hey your shoes look sweet man or hey like like you your jacket looks cool it gets a little weird like hey you look really happy today that gets kind of weird but if you know the person a little bit better that's definitely something that could it's 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 so little in your world but it can mean different a huge difference game changer you get you might get a couple looks like who the fuck is this guy but like game changer absolute game changer. an act of kindness goes a long way so Tommy sent me this. I want to do this before we hop on to our last topic. I know I said that before, but this is what we're going to do. Uh, there's a podcast that Tommy sent me. And for some, I think it's Chad Ochocinco, who now goes by Chad Johnson. Not Ochocinco anymore. Uh, and he has a bunch of special guests on. And when the, the clip, clip that Tommy sent me, and I'm going to paraphrase it, and I'm probably going to jack it up. They literally just said, let's do a, like, uh, how are you doing check? like a homie check. How, how are the boys doing? How are you doing? One through 10, one being I need help. 10 being I'm living my best life. Right. Vulnerability episode, Rody. It's a vulnerability episode. I see you looking at me like that. So I, I, I'll go first with Tommy. Tommy on a one through 10. How are you doing, man? How's my homie doing? In what part of life? All aspects. How is life treating you? Seven. Seven, damn right, damn right. No, that's good to hear. I mean, it, I, I promise you, a ten is never always never the answer. If you're saying ten to me, I know you're lying to me. Don't lie to me. Life is <laughs> life is a bitch some days. So, Eric, on a one through ten, how you doing, homie? In this moment, I'd say eight. Good. Um, I've got a few stressors that I've kind of put to the back of my mind over the last hour that we've been hanging out. So that's been nice. So I appreciate you guys. <laughs> but, hey, uh, go ahead. Sorry. No, you're good. I'll just say not too bad right now. I'm going to quit your advice. No, it's, it's important for everyone listening to this. Like just text your friends and go, and how are you doing? Make someone smile today. Yes. Tommy, I'm clipping the hell out of this. I love that. <laughs> Check on your people. Take care of your people. Myself. I'm at like a six, seven. I've had better days, right? I think we all have those rough days. But I, I, like I said earlier, I texted Rody and I even told Tommy the other day, like I'm just having not a good day mentally, just not there. Uh, that's just combined with work and stuff. But take care of your people. You know, make sure you're 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 with your friends. You communicate. Take care of your mental health. Everyone that's listening. Once again, I want to just reiterate this little portion of it because I think it's so important because it can change someone's life. Suicide helpline, if you ever feel like you're, you're lost, stuck, in a bad position, call the number at 1-800-273-8255. I'm going to put that in the link for our description because I think it's so, so vital to like at least know that if you can't get a hold of anyone, this is a 24-hour service, free of charge. You can always talk to somebody. So... Enough of the serious conversation. I really, I really loved it. I think this was a great dialogue and I, I really hope everyone really remember, make someone smile today. Right. And it's going to be hard to transition from a serious topic to something a little more lighthearted, but I feel like doing something lighthearted right now. Hit, hit us with it. We have a chat going on in this and Tommy has a couple of numbers that he wants to throw at us. Hit um. it. So you said the suicide prevention hotline. There also is 
domestic abuse hotline, which is 1-800-799-7233. The Alcoholics Anonymous hotline, which is 1-800-622-2255. And then the Substance Abuse Counseling hotline, which is 1-800-662-4357. When there are two counselor one is a counselor one is a social worker that live in the house that i'm currently living in you have stuff like that line up. You, you got to and and for everyone listening if you if you're contemplating call that number calling those numbers Even if you're thinking about it, just do it speak, speak up and do it the the numbers that the people that you talk to on those lines are are people that care they don't even know you but they care about your life mm-hmm they don't want you to be just another number, right? They don't want you to, you're not another number. You're not another person. You're a person whose life matters. And that's, and that's the biggest thing to reiterate through this entire thing is that your life matters. You're loved. You're amazing. And you're kicking ass and you're, you're fighting the world one day at a time. So you might need some help getting control of your ship, but that's okay. Since Eric wasn't on the podcast last week, I have to ask him this question to end, it, to end this on a light mood and a happy mood. Give me your five people, five people, athletes, athletes, celebrities, musicians, usually someone bigger name. Don't start shouting out. Like I'm going to kick Cam Lee's ass for fun. Five people who you think you can beat in a boxing match or, or a fight or a street fight. Give me five. I'm not a fighter, dude. I've never even been in a fight. Um, <laughs> Why does that not surprise me at all? You're a lover. You're a lover. Pretty, pretty boy from White Lake suburbs. What do you expect? I'm White not going to fight people. Um, I almost got in a fight in England. <laughs> you did or Eric? Me? You got into a fight? Almost got into a scrap in England? Well, we'll say that for another day. We'll say, we'll say, well, that's a story for another time. Give me your five, Eric. Give me five people. Number one for me was Brad Williams, but he's just, he's not, shouldn't even be legal, man. I don't know who that is. He's He's a comedian. He's a, he's a, a, technically a small person. He stands at about four nine. Legally. Legally. He's hilarious. He'd probably actually beat me by making me laugh, but give me five. Well, since I had no preparation on this, can we put nope. a pin in it and I'll give you five next time so I can actually think nope. about it? Nope. I want you five off the top. Of the, I hit I hit everyone on the last episode with this without them knowing. That's bullshit. Not gonna we're not gonna let you dance on this one. Nope. You're you're we're gonna hold you to the fire here, bub. In Southwark, wherever the hell we were. I don't know what you're talking about, Sammy. I don't know. No. Fuck it. Give me give me some people. Give me five. I can't even think of five celebrities right now. Give me, uh, give me five athletes that you just want to hit in the face. There has to be five. I mean, I want to hit Tom Brady in the face just because, just to say I did, that'd be fun. He'd be swinging up, but okay. I, he's a big dude, but it's fine. Okay, uh, Brady. I mean, I said LeBron James, so yeah. I'd add LeBron to it. That's fine. Two. Just, There's two. Brady, LeBron. Um, I'm trying to think of actors. Like I, I watch a lot of movies and shit, but Tom Cruise. I'd hit Tom Cruise. Yeah, I'd hit Tom Cruise. That little fucker. Uh, <laughs> that little fucker. <laughs> that's a good one. Um, I 
don't know, man. There's three. Come on, you're almost there. You got two left. Yeah, go for athletes. You feel like you go for them. athletes. Yeah, like you actually don't watch a lot of professional sports, so never mind. I mean, football and hockey are pretty much what I watch. You're telling me you don't want to punch Brad Marshall in the face or or Patrick Waugh or yeah. I mean, D Mac did that for us already. Let me in the face. <laughs> I'd hit Patrick Waugh in the face. We can add Marshan to that list. There's four. So we got LeBron. Brady, Tom Cruise, Brad Marchand, Brad Marchand. Um, Who's number five? Fucking Kevin Durant. Really? Yeah. His big stupid ass. The reach on that, though. The reach on that. You give up so much reach. Yeah, no, it's like a one and then I run. But oh yeah, no. (laughs) I mean, his stride's gonna get you every time. But yeah. No, like I run to my car and then fucking speed away. <laughs> just gonna go to my car. Oh, tweet about you. oh my that? god! Yeah, you would tweet about you. You'd probably tweet about you calling you a bitch. Unpopular I opinion: If I could have like a tag team celebrity to be in like tag team fights, Dave Portnoy is on my squad. Why? I love Dave Portnoy. I think he's hilarious. All right. Him and I could, I think, whip some tail. He is. He is a pretty good dad bod. He's not ripped, but he's not fat. He's just there. He's just <laughs> there. <laughs> there goes our barstool sponsor. <laughs> and it's a, what, what do you mean? I, I still support him. I drink high noons. I, I listen to barstool. I, I'm just mad that I'm not an athlete in college anymore. I can't get sponsored by anybody. Oklahoma's quarterback is sponsored by Raising Canes. If you've ever had Raising Canes, you know. But like, that's the best chicken I've ever had in my life. Oh, and barstool sponsoring athletes now. So, uh, let's let's pour one more drink, one more shot, one more. You know, um, just to kind of recap this episode. Obviously, talking about fireworks, be safe. Talking about mental health. Obviously, it's the biggest thing in our lives nowadays. Please take care of yourselves. Talk to others. Reach out. Um, in the link to this this episode on our Spotify page and our uh, Apple's uh, podcast page. Uh, I will make sure that those numbers are in the link. If you need to reach out, please call. You're loved. You're amazing. You're smart. Scott's take shots and Scott's care about y'all. So with that being said, we love you. Um, Make someone smile today. Yes, TC, make someone smile today. That is most important. And uh, I'm going to keep using fillers here for a minute so I can put up another song so we can have an outro because I'm bad and I got, I just love the conversation we had today, everybody. So with that being said, thank you for listening to the Scott's Take Shots podcast. You're loved. You're amazing. Cheers to you. Cheers to me. We out. We out.